Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. The Atlanta way is just a way in which African Americans ensure that they circulate their dollar, they control their education and the economy and the resources right. in their neighborhoods, and they make a contribution to the greater society, being a part of the competitive atmosphere in capitalism. Yeah. Black businesses are better for the greater community. Why? Because if Popeyes and Chick-fil-A are fighting over chicken sandwich and Busy Bees <laughs> makes a better chicken sandwich, that third chicken sandwich will not only come in better, it can come in cheaper too. Right. So at the same time, you get an opportunity to grow a company like Bankhead Seafood. You get to grow a Busy Bees. You get to grow these companies. You're adding jobs. You're adding political availability in terms of politicians have to start to pay attention to communities that are doing well. Right. You add resources to your community. It's simply the Atlanta way. I'm a diverse individual. All of this shit is real. Everybody like, ah, what is it? Is he a family man? Is he a trapper? Is he a ladies man? Well, I'm all of it. All of it. I beat your ass, kiss your girl, and go tuck my kids in. And then I show up <laughs> and lead a march on the weekend. <laughs> it's all real. Real, real. This is Expeditiously. I am Tilt T.I. The following experience is not a test. Conversations and stories expressed on this podcast are meant to be an expression of purpose and truth. This show, entitled Properly Expeditiously, is a free exchange of ideas and opinions with no judgment, no preconceived beliefs, and no fear. You're encouraged to share your thoughts and ask questions as long as it's done with respect. We believe it is through true love and respect for others that we will have an opportunity to change the world and speak truth to power. And we're going to do that one show at a time. Now, this is Expeditiously. I'm your host, T.I.P. What matters when you start a business is you and your idea, not when you start it. So if you make up your mind and go for it, GoDaddy has all the help and tools you need to bring it online. Start today at GoDaddy.com because open, we stand. What matters when you start a business is you and your idea not when you start it. So if you make up your mind and go for it, GoDaddy has all the help and tools you need to bring it online. Start today at GoDaddy.com because open, we stand. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome to another episode of Expeditiously where we (laughs) engage in stimulating discussions with some of the most worthy opinions in the culture for the generation. Now, my guest today is a very special one only because he's actually a very personal, uh, close friend, associate, business partner, constituent, acquaintance, whatever you want to call it. And he went from selling Crips and Bloods cola (laughs) to using porn to teach carpentry. He's a rapper, an activist, a businessman, a philanthropist, an Atlanta native, proud to be a citizen, and as I stated before, a personal friend of mine, a business partner, and one of the smartest, most intelligent, articulate men I know, Mr. Michael Rundle, <laughs> better known to people who don't know him personally as Killer Mike, joins us today for our uh, very, 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 very welcome episode of Expeditiously. Welcome to the show, bro. Man, thank you, man. I I know it's one person in the world who's going to watch this show 
and smile harder than maybe <laughs> our friends and parents. That's Dr. Samuel L. Hill. So yeah. I want to dedicate this show to him. And oh, Dr. Hill. Yeah, for people who might I know that's, yeah. that was um if 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 lean on me was in Atlanta, Georgia. This yes, man sir. was Joe Clark. And Absolutely. I, people tell me or say to me, you think Tip did a lot of reading in prison? I was like, oh, no. Nah. He was using <laughs> no big words in high school because Dr. Hill made sure everybody. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, before I get into your first question, now you you brought up Dr. Hill, yeah. uh, uh, who who was the principal at Doug High, yeah. where I went, to, I went to high school. I you went, went to, to high school. school. My mama went there. My mama went exactly. there. My cousins, little cousins and big cousins. Yeah. Uncles, auntie, like everybody from the west side for the most part. With the Douglas, Washington. Douglas, man. Washington. It's like going to HBCU for them people. Who Absolutely. Listening. It's like going yeah, to it's like I an HBCU went, high school. Exactly. I just went to the to the annual barbecue. Mr. Murray, my old art teacher. Word. Mr. Talk, Murray with the mustache. Exactly. With Mr. the thick Murray mustache look like he in the whistle. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't teach you art and tell you to buy in the bluff in the 90s. He you did. You. But he, he, he had me come up and I came up and I went and um, took a picture with my mama class. As mom left two years ago. Right. Transition. But I went and took a picture and they still around kicking man, it, man. You that's know, dope. got a chance to see the 1976 yearbook. Dope. Now, I was one years old. She walked across the stage. I was in her belly. You know what I mean? What? So you mean on graduation, she was pregnant with you? When well, she, she was, was, I was born by then, but when she walked across the stage, I was watching her. Wow. I was in the audience. But they, they, they wanted her to leave school and have me and come mm. back, and she refused to. Yeah, she so she 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 went on muscle, she muscled through. She, it. she went on through. Eleven grade. Yeah. I seen a few kids. I seen a few cats do that. Uh, uh, young ladies who yeah. who just refused to leave school. Yeah, man, she, and, did. And, and, she and, did. And made their way through it. Uh, and that's commendable. Shout out to all the young ladies out there, man, who had to fight through it, you know, and overcome yeah. the odds, man, to get what we you love wanted in life. Yeah, that's significant too because you know the area that we buying in. You and I, are business partners, and what we hope to grow to be a franchise, Bankhead Seafood, but was right. a fifty year old successful restaurant. Right. The lady who owned it went to my grandmother's church, Mount Olive, and yeah. you know we've purchased it. But as the neighborhood changes. There's certain things that I like to see stay the same, and that's the name of Frederick Douglass High School. Frederick right. Douglass, you watch Dave Chappelle's special, the autobiography of Frederick Douglass, his favorite book. So at the time I went, you you had to read his autobiography, not because the Atlanta Public School System mandated it, because that's what the school that was in the curriculum. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. You know, Me too. Me too. Exactly. So yeah. Yeah, that's, that's one of the traditions that got kind of lost and done away with. And as, as we sit here in Atlanta right now, there's a superintendent who's had a job about four or five years. The school board just elected not to keep up final year, and I'm very happy. Now, we're sitting here talking about the current state of the public school system in the district where we actually were raised in, went to school in. We are yeah. products of, of that school. That so we're going to talk about that school. We're going to talk about that school. Yeah. Uh, however, the superintendent is the superintendent of the of entire, all yeah, 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 of all now, the schools now, within that school system. The superintendent in the 80s and 90s, early 90s, was Lester Butts, who okay. was the former principal. Uh-huh. Of Douglas High. Before him, it was Alonzo Krim. Okay. And after- Alonzo Krim, which has a school named after him exactly. on the east side. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So that, Lester Bus became after him. And Dr. Hill, who was a vice principal on the bus, became principal of Douglas. Mm. And Douglas is a 50-year-old institution. It was ran with a very firm hand under only two administrators for nearly 30, 40 years of its existence. Mm. And it was a national school of excellence. It was a magnet school. Right. It was a school in which... 
Michael Render went there. Tip Harris went there. Judge Asha Jackson went there. Numerous attorneys, city council members, Man, a Keisha current Lance, mayor, Keisha Lance Bottoms yeah, went Keisha there. Lance Bottom went NCAA there. champion Cameron Dollar went there. Absolutely. His father was the coach. Coach Dollar, statewide recognized coach. Right had one of the most preeminent football teams, produced Stanley Pritchard, Jamal Lewis, Robert Hicks. So this is a black high school. Yes, sir. In a black working class. A thriving black high school. Yeah. A black high school that produced entrepreneurs, professionals, uh, politicians, absolutely. millionaires, absolutely. rappers. Absolutely. You know what I'm the saying? Architects, the owners of Blue Flame. You did. Every spectrum of the African Self made entrepreneurial millionaire. Yeah. And this school has sunk now into the dismal abyss academically. But it happened with gentrification. Exactly. It happened It happened simultaneously. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. With, with the increase uh, uh, numbers of, of outsiders that moved in. And, and, and the tearing down of the projects. Absolutely. When they tore down the projects, when they tore down the projects, people got scattered. Right. But beyond that, that's not what really destroyed the legacy of the school. What destroyed what was it? it was our acceptance of the charter school system, mm. which has not produced significantly higher numbers. Right. In terms of graduates and testings, it's not dramatically improved overall education. Right. What we are seeing that it did was actually siphon the best students mm-hmm. out. Okay. Leave students that were borderline or average who would have been inspired by the best students inspired up. Mm-hmm. Leave them there to kind of mull. And where Douglas once was a student base of 2,000 <laughs> to 2,300 students, right. including magnet average, everything from a premier special ed program up. Right. And it was a school when you entered, it had a talent center. You were business talent center, art talent center, magnet program, um, um, you could be English talent center, but you they, they had a talent center to fit whatever you did. And entering eighth and ninth grade, their goal was to get you into a college. So if you were a good singer or theater or dance, Miss Bishop considered it her job to make sure that you went to a college. Absolutely. For and they that care. And they cared. They really cared. They were products of HBCUs. Right. They were products of the Atlanta public school system itself because many of them went to schools like Washington, mm-hmm. Turner. But we somehow lost our way. And in losing our way, we start to, in my opinion, let strangers come in and oversee something that's the Atlanta way. That's to right. me, the only person that should lead the Atlanta public school system to is a product of the Atlanta absolutely. public school system. You should system. be a product of the school system yeah. via teacher, student, administrator, yeah. or leader in some capacity. Right. I think that the Atlanta public school system deserves a citizen review board sure. because we should be helping pick who's going to be next. Right. You know what I mean? So, you know, no ill will to the young lady that's going to be leaving. We don't care about the ill will at all. Yeah, but if you never bought a house in Atlanta, you never cared about our children. This is true. So go home. This is true. Um, If you... you, Go do what you're passionate about. Yeah, because it obviously... Because this is holding you up for what you're really supposed to be doing. Frederick Douglass went from being a National School of Excellence having two principals to having six or seven principals in 10 or 11 years. Right. And that's the quickest way for failure. If you want to fail, hire a head coach every other year. If you want your (laughs) team to never win. You know what I mean? So I think that we've lost some of our way but right. i do think douglas is reboundable but it's going to take people of means doing something all right man let's just hold up on the discussion for a second all right now as i'm here recording this podcast i'm always thinking about taking care of my family and putting food on the table now if you're anything like me and your old lady works as much as you do then you don't always have time to have a home-cooked meal. But now you do with HelloFresh. HelloFresh makes cooking delicious meals at home a reality, no matter how much time you get, or if you're not too comfortable in the kitchen. They're delivering weekly prep meals that you make for yourself and your family. 
They have something for everyone, like Kraft Burgers, the vegetarian, and you can knock out these meals in 30 minutes. HelloFresh is perfect for the hustler with a busy schedule or the hustler's wife who also has a busy schedule. You don't have to go to the store, and they do it. And they're doing the work for you, measuring out all the ingredients and such. Give HelloFresh a try and use your valuable time for making moves instead of making food. You dig what I'm saying? Now, for $80 off of your first month of HelloFresh, go to HelloFresh.com slash TIP80. HelloFresh.com slash TIP80. It's like receiving eight meals free. Or you get $20 off your first four boxes. Go to HelloFresh.com slash TIP80. And y'all hit me back. Let me know how it go. All right? Now, we have a genuine passion and a sincere interest in making sure that the name of this school remains what it is, Frederick Douglass High School. And that's bigger than black. Frederick Douglass is the most photographed person of the 19th century. Absolutely. He is what Barack Obama is in his day and age in terms of it's very hard to talk against Barack. Right. It's very, it was very hard to talk against Douglas because he was a cane maker. He was a person that had direct relationship with the United States president who was bringing about the abolishment of slavery. Yeah. That's a pretty significant thing. He was prime in the abolitionist movement. He was a leader not only the abolitionist movement, but the women's suffrage movement. He was the first person to say rights of, of no sex and, um, what is it, rights are of no sex and something is of no color. But that example is it to freedom say, is of no color? Something like that. I, I forget, is I'm of forgetting no color? right now, I'm blanking out because I'm a little I mean, stoned. Sorry, something Dr. like Gale. that. I know he said with no struggle, there's no progress. He did say that. Yes, that's sir. what we learned as a student coming yeah. here. That's what we learned that here. We learned that shit early. Early. That was so, the first thing you saw. You first thing, without nigga, struggle. prepare to struggle. Because you will not Prepare to struggle as your ass will perish. You struggle or perish. You see what I'm saying? And that's the lesson I feel like. And it went from that to goddamn trap or die. Yeah. <laughs> you see the juxtaposition now. You know, there's a there's there's an extreme duality in both of our lives and in, in, in but, our upbringing and the lifestyles that we that we chose. Yeah, but you know what though, it, I will say like if you look at Fred Douglas, one of my heroes was Fat Steve from yeah. going home. Fat okay. Steve Jones, right? So right on. Danny Boy, I know was was, was one of yours. So yeah. these are two guys we talking about. These are street. Danny guys. Boy, yeah, these street cat. Danny yeah. Boy was the the, the first cat that actually you know pay me to do yeah. a show for real. Exactly. That was my first five ten thousand. Like he basically when I would charge a five six thousand dollars a show. Yeah. Uh, he gave he paid me up front for like five six shows. Yeah. Which was a lot of money. Yeah, for absolutely. me at the time, absolutely. from rap, absolutely. You know what I'm saying, and I went and got myself together. Yeah, you and, know what I mean. And what was and what's cool about Danny is Danny see you in the flight now, just come up, shake your hand, and it just sure. be genuine and love. Steve, I talked to one of my barbers communicators with him. Steve's in federal prison, unfortunately. Now, hopefully, it'll be home soon. Right on. But Steve, but due so, to the crack era, due to the crack, yeah, the, yeah. the war due, on drugs, exactly, and the '94 due, drug law, due to the war on drugs and the the entrapment like yeah. legislation. That had been pushed forward that kind of perpetuated. Shout out to Joe Biden. Right. On. <laughs> but that perpetuated the recidivism that we see in our communities absolutely. when it comes to drugs, absolutely. guns, cocaine, and crack cocaine. Absolutely. The, yeah. the thing about Steve. And marijuana. Absolutely. The thing about Steve is much like Danny Boy with you. He didn't invest in money in me because I knew Steve before rap, but he invested mind state and mentality in me. Mm. So 
if you came out your granddaddy's house and went to the right, right. you was going to Bankhead. Right. If I came out my grandma's house and went forward, I was going to Adamsville. So right. I hung more in Adamsville because my great grandma lived on Simpson. Right. So wasn't no trapping over there, but my auntie <laughs> lived in the temp. So I could go to the temp and hang out. But because I ran over there in the temp in Adamsville, sometimes it wasn't always friendly with the born home crowd. Right. They, you know, them two groups didn't always get along. That's right. Like, Adamsville and born home, they went to they they notoriously. Yeah. Notoriously. Just, really, Adamsville and Bankhead all together. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it could be, it get friction, but. Which I, is why this is so, this, our relationship yeah, is such an odd one. Exactly. You know, it's <laughs> ironic that you're from Adamville, I'm from Bankhead, yeah. and we and we became the best the of friends best of in friends. this shoot. You know what I mean? It, it was Steve, though, on the Boys in the Hood barbershop on Bankhead. That's right. And my cousin Jimmy, who went to Doug with me, got a job cutting in there. Mm-hmm. And I remember going with my cousin to get my cut, and he would um, use me as a test dummy to get the job. Right. And I can remember my homies, like even Carlos, even Shawty Lowe, who's right. a little younger, but I remember them walking in and looking in the barbershop like, man, this nigga finna get his ass. What the fuck he in here for? Right. Like, like, he, like, it's getting dog. You know, you were yeah. cool those every day. But like, no, nah, it was really like a, like being from Adamville on Bankhead was really like a blood in a crypt yeah. neighborhood. <laughs> it really was. It, but with the young boys, like the older dudes were making money together. It wasn't yeah. so much a thing, but us. I'm talking was, about people, people yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it was on site. Yeah, it was like I catch you at the station, sure. man. You, yeah, you get getting you get jumped today, buddy. Like, you know, but I can remember Steve coming in. And he was saying, You where you from? And I said, I'm, I'm, from, I'm from the Ville. All right, go on, let him. And he he it was a pass. Right. And him just saying that, but I love Steve because Steve wore a polo, he wore the guest jeans with the creases. <laughs> He might pull up in a tow truck, and he wore a Rolex, just a simple Rolex. reason why I wear a Sub-Maryland today when I looked up to him. But he was the first drug dealer that I knew that wasn't about flash. Mm. Like, he was the first dude to tell me, you know, I own 23 houses mm. in this community. He was the first dude to tell me, yeah, I, I got a Benz, but I drive a tow truck because, you know, that's my work truck, and police ain't really trying to miss. So he taught me the business mentality, and, he, and he's part, one of the reasons I got into the barbershop business. Now, right. my my my... Goal for my barbershop is a bigger one. My brand is a big one, and these things are grown. But every time he talked to me, like when Danny talked about you right. in the club to me, it's a sense of pride. So I know that our legacy, as well as being civil rights legacy, as well as being working people's legacy, like we are dope boy legacies. We yeah, are, they're absolutely. men of the streets. Refugees of the war. Yeah, drugs. they gave us some love. And, yeah. and part of what our passion for, for helping kids, for helping you know, Douglas High for helping our communities, Adamsville Bankhead. Part of that passion come from it was people who invested in us that were street people. Yeah. You know, and I, I want before I die for them to get their roses. You know, I want Danny Boy to get his roses. I want, you know, I want I want Big D and Tight to get their roses. You know what I mean? Mm. I want I want the people, my uncle Ant Man to get their roses. I want people who were here who invested in people like us to get their roses too, because it's a lot of dudes out there that put a dollar in the kids' pocket just buying the water today that's gonna make sure them kids never get into robbing or killing or stealing or stealing drugs. Yeah, you know, speaking of the kids selling water, because you know, sometimes me and me and me and me and my younger my younger brothers, man, we get into it. Yeah. I tell you why. Cause I pull up, they be out there by the <coughs> trap music museum, right on, you know, north side and mm-hmm. Bankhead doing their thing. And I pad back and forth so much, they know my car. Me too. So they'll see me and they'll chase down my car and leave a post mm-hmm. and run after me all the way down to the museum mm-hmm. and say, "Come on, man, Tip, here we go, here we go, man." Hey, look, 
Don't motherfucker run up on me, stop hustling, and come to me like I'm finna save you. Every day, yeah. Don't you do that. I shot with you once. Ain't no, ain't no one goddamn car finna save your entire day. Consistent. You dig what I'm saying? Consistent. You had the right idea. You supposed to be out there hustling. Now, how much money have you possibly missed running after me? Absolutely. Now, get Absolutely. your ass on back up there. Get back to hustling. Don't come back here like I'm goddamn the savior. Absolutely. And don't look for no man to save you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ain't no one man finna come now, here. Now, Somebody, save your ass. somebody gonna see this and be like, "Oh, Tiff is a man." I thought he was woke and he was helping the kids, but that's how we learn business. Like I tell my barbers all the time, like I learned business selling cocaine. That's real. And I knew I was too smart to be selling cocaine, so that's I a, didn't. Yeah, see, I did though, and that comes with a certain type of anxiety because my thing was, I'm gonna die out here. Like I'm gonna fuck around to be the guy who wasn't supposed to die that died here. You know. Mm. So I had to take everything. And when all my partners was buying, I, I ran with some Decatur dudes too. Right. Man, when they were buying them on the collars, putting them a cleanse on them, it's just like nothing more in the world I wanted. But I had a choice: I could buy this MPC to say SR, right? Or I could buy these wheels. And I started yeah. making the decisions. That I thought I remember I bought my first Submariner at 19 mm. I called it for like 6400 at a pawn shop Goodness And bought it And had to take it back Because I got fucked up And had to re-up Damn And took it took, I paid 64 I think the pawn dude Gave me six for it back what? So I still ended up Losing 400 You know what I'm But I was, I was like Man I learned then Don't don't go before you ready You know don't. I learned real? those lessons So when I remember Opening up our first shop Having to wait to sure. build it. I remember you coming out showing love. Slow and consistent. Exactly. And that's what like, I tell you know, them. The slow, consistent grind with is the, the water. Key. Exactly. You not. I'm not gonna buy water every time. But clean up around your space. Yeah. Don't have it looking like a trap, so right. the police won't bother you. Push the Kroger thing back at the end of it. Right. So all those things I kind of brought out. So I, I really get offended a lot of times when people try to act as though the advice that you give in particular is not worthy because man, you survive it take all the of it. Absolutely, it take all of it. it. Takes a full village. Yeah, absolutely. It take a full village. And me myself personally, what I can't do is enable mediocrity. Absolutely. You understand what I'm saying? One of the worst things that I hate more than anything, man, for a young man, little boy to run up on me and, and, and hold his hand out. Ask and say, something. Tip, give me some money. Yeah, Tip, man. give me some. Yeah, Help man. me. And, 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 and like Jeb beat straight up and down, I tell him, listen. Don't run up to no man asking him for no money because you ain't going you, you to, you don't know what he want back absolutely. in return. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and if it's, if money's all it takes to have you, you will get got. Absolutely. You dig absolutely. what I'm saying? Because somebody's going to give you exactly what it takes for you to do exactly what the fuck you don't need to be doing. Absolutely. Whatever that may be. Absolutely, absolutely. You know what I mean? Motherfucker, give you a $100 bill until you get in the car, take you somewhere, you don't know what the fuck going on, you don't know where you're going, what you're doing, absolutely. and then you end up in a compromising position. Absolutely. Don't put yourself in that vulnerable space. Spot. Hustle for your yeah. grind for your. Don't look for no one man to come save you. Didn't nobody come save me. Yeah. What I can't have, I don't want. You dig what I'm you saying? You have to get in that mentality. Like if I can't have it now, I simply don't want it. What's for me won't miss me. Absolutely. Okay, it's about that time, man. It's week four of football. I'm TIP, and I am also following my favorite teams and playing in Bet Online AG's $5,000 season long charity football contest. Each week, you can win $500 by playing against your favorite podcast hosts. NFL, college football, all the action continues to heat up this week with big games on the schedule that you're not going to want to miss out on. Okay, so here are the biggest matchups for the week, and these are my picks, all right? First, we have Philly at Green Bay. Man, you know, I think Philly really need to get their act together a little bit more, man, and I'm an Aaron Rodgers fan. I'm going to go with Green Bay. 
Uh, we had Tennessee at Atlanta. That's an easy call, Atlanta. Cleveland at Baltimore. Hmm. Uh, seems as though they have a uh, quarterback, Lamar Jackson, QBing for the Baltimore Ravens. I'm going to go with Lamar, man. I'm going to go with Lamar. Minnesota at Chicago. Ooh, this is a rivalry. Now, because this rivalry goes back so far, man, and I know both of these teams are going to really bring their A game, I'm going to go with the home team, Chicago. Although Minnesota's been on a roll, I think that must come to an end eventually. Uh, Chi-Town, don't y'all let me down here. Yeah? We also have Dallas and New Orleans. Wait a minute. There's a new guy in New Orleans because uh, Drew Brees is hurt. He actually looked good last week, didn't he? Yeah, right? But the second-string quarterback in New Orleans going against Dak Prescott and and Zeke and, Zeke and, and Big Zeke. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to pick Dallas on this one. I'm going to have to pick Dallas on this one. Either way, man, you can visit our good friends and exclusive partner at Podcast One. BetOnline.ag to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure to use that promo code Podcast One for your 50% sign-up bonus. You dig? And you can join the conversation on Twitter with Sportsnet Challenge. All right, now, I don't know who y'all pick, but I wish you the best of luck. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm after that five hundred dollars. Back to the discussion. But look, though, man, we got a lot. We got, a lot, we got a lot of show to talk. And for us, I want to start with let's tell people about our relationship. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of motherfuckers feel like we just met each other yesterday. Yeah. So let's <laughs> let's talk about our relationship. How far we go back. And how long we've stuck together. Man, it's what, about 16, 17 years? When it's longer, Nah, probably. it's been longer than that. It's almost 20 years at this it's point. It's been damn near 20 years, yeah. 99. Yeah, man. It had been 20 years. Yeah, it had. I remember hearing about... 99, going into 2000. Yeah, I remember getting, you know, I hadn't even signed a deal, but I was running around with OutKast then. I had recorded a few verses that were coming out and used... But I remember hearing about you and Jason. And right. that turn, I don't even know. I, Jason was managing you, but he still held a position. Sure. At, I think with KP's or with some company. Nah, that was LA. Was, he was at Patchwork. Pa- that's what it was. Yeah, Pat- he still he held was a at position. Patchwork. And I remember me and, me and Jay. Jay was literally rolling up posters. You yeah. know, the, the old poster we had on the Kangos. Right back, on. You still pimp gang then. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I just remember, man, just hearing about you first and hearing about you working with Toon. And... DJ Swift, Cutmaster Swift, Outcast DJ, and Big Boys DJ. Mm-hmm. It's, it's him and Toon have came up together in this industry. He he's one of the best DJs in the world and one of the greatest guys. Mm-hmm. But he took me to Toons to hear some of your stuff. Right. KP let me hear some of your stuff. So before I ever met you, I was just like, man, this dude from the West Side, this little nigga rapping. <laughs> you know, and I think we might have seen each other in the gentleman's club. You still had the gold toothpicks yeah. around that time. It had the Cartier's. Right on. And I know we met again in the office, but I instantly, I just, I was cheering for you. We was from the same community, we from the basically. Same, absolutely. Yeah, I'm just like, I got the chill for him, and he just could rap his ass off. That was just, I just, it, I need pressure right to, on. To, to thrive. So in Atlanta at that time, man, a lot of shit just wasn't. Dope. Not wasn't dope lyrically. It was no challenge. It wasn't dope. Y- yeah, you know what I'm saying. It, it wasn't, wasn't dope. I mean, no, now don't get me wrong. It was successful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. As far as the criteria of what we deem as appropriate, as far as you know, lyricism yeah. and Cadence, just, just patterns, quality, production spit. value, it just wasn't dope. Now, 
I'm happy that those people made the money that they made yeah. to get themselves out of the hood and make a life, make a way for their family. But if you add me, the shit just wasn't dope. It wasn't for my ride. And so, in my opinion, it wasn't dope. I said it was dope for what it was. It was good. It, it's something for somebody. Yeah, exactly. It's something exactly. for somebody. Exactly. And in the club, that shit's, that shit's the best. Man, my man cuss. But when you clean it up at the house, goddammit, you're not finna exactly, play. Exactly, man. My man cuss all the time. He say, man, I, he say, you and Tip never allowed yourself to be labeled crump music. No, he, you know, and that's not dissing Crump, but he said in the midst because we came us. up in the midst of the, the growth of Crump era, right. we always say, let it be known like we rappers, we MC. That's that's yeah. what we do. It's a Southern perspective. Me, you, and and Phil Mob at the time came a that's couple right. years later, but yep. you know it was a determination there to be, you know, to be. I wanted to be respected. Everywhere. You know, see, because I took trips back and forth to New York every summer from the time I was five to the time I was 15, I myself just knew how they looked at us. Yeah. I had to, I, I, I fought in the summer. You know, all my Puerto Rican, Dominican, and my goddamn, my New York partner. I, we, we fought and, and went back and forth about my accent. About, yeah. you know, our culture, about, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, New York is a real motherfucking arrogant place. They're going to break your ball. Yeah. yeah if you, you ain't sure. from New York, you going to catch hell. I don't yeah. give a damn where you from. Yeah. <laughs> uh, especially in the 80s and yeah. early 90s. Yeah. Um, so I always, more than anything, want them to know, man, man, we, we, we bite that life just as much as y'all live. We got damn, we can rap just as good as y'all can. Absolutely. Uh, and and basically, as as three thousand said at the Source Award, the South got That's something to say. You dig yeah, what I'm saying? Absolutely. That was always my purpose and intention. Yeah. But our relationship has been longevitous in the sense of we've been in different positions. Yeah, in flux. Our whole in relationship. Like, like in our in our life, in yeah. our careers, yeah. in our success. Like I remember when I when we first met, you were. The successful one. You were the yeah, chosen one, anointed by yeah. Outcast. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, you had the whole world record. You had the action record. Yeah. Got down like you were like the Southern Biggie. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That's what motherfuckers was labeling you at. Yeah. Uh, and I was the young nigga trying to come up and just, you know, finding my way. And we were still friends. Absolutely. Absolutely. I never felt like you ever motherfucking tried to shine on me or do some old high-class high cap-ass shit. And we moved on to a place where we never loved. Never scared was a big moment. Never scared was a great, a huge moment for both of us. Yeah, because I remember, like, when we got on, when we did that record, I originally did that record with Reese and Bigelow and Bone Crusher. Reese and Bigelow were out of Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And Crusher and um, Dan acquired the record, you know. The business of that, I don't know. But the record got pulled back as just a Crusher record and me. Mm-hmm. And I remember him calling saying, he he wanted to put tip on. I was like, absolutely, <laughs> like 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 you got to do that. And you had a show or something because okay. I remember your voice maybe was a little hoarse, right. but you came in and gave it to him because they were trying to pressure him to get somebody else on it to get it in. Mm-hmm. And crushers from Adamsville, from Adamsville, Adamsville, like right. deep over by the Plainville side. And we both like hell. I know it's like no, nah, like it's gonna be shouty. <laughs> and you jumped on that record, and it it. it kind of exploded and what was crazy though is as much as I had been anointed by Outkast and I and I appreciated the look I'll never 
you know, I never snub my nose that it, it wasn't because we from the same place. It wasn't me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I right. knew I get on the, got on the whole world and shot the world. Right. I knew I showed up and held my nuts. Right. You know, I knew with, with action, Dre had given me something that was memorable and that I feel like was light years ahead of time because Run the Jewels kind of finds ourselves sure. in that space with that sound. Right on. But who we were. Mm-hmm. Coming off the streets, never scared, really exemplified yeah, that. Yeah. In a it was the personification way. of what the fuck we represented and what we what we what we intended absolutely, absolutely. to mean absolutely. to the game. Absolutely, you know it what was, I'm it saying. Was the, it was it the perfect, was. and I and I remember when we were doing reaction. The remix to action. action, yeah. Bun came got on it. Bun dusted my ass off. He dusted the song off. <laughs> I'm talking about, <laughs> and I figured, you know, I pride myself on my lyricism. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's my thing. I get in that motherfucker and I do my shit. We and, and, and I didn't suck. Not you know, neither of us did. We did a but we fucking were both superlative job. Yeah. <laughs> but we was in awe. I remember Bun yes. walked the room. We were we both, were both like, sitting there God like, damn. <laughs> Fun in that bitch, man. man yeah, and man. he came in that motherfucker, and he served us both. Yeah, and we was just kind of like, okay. Like, like, That's how this going to go, huh? But we, right. we learned. So it was these moments that brought us together. I remember, man, like, I I, I ran with Flip and Hump hard because they gave us education. My whole little click grind time and PSC, we was all loved each other. Sure. Mad, but it was just genuine love. That's right. And I remember them educators. I remember, man, I don't know what that boy said that got on your nerve. But I was just like, well, this ain't going to go well. <laughs> because, you know, like where we from, you know, my mom told me, you don't tell the tale to snitch on your friends. And once that's your partner, that's, like, that's your partner. And we was from the same place. And I just remember, I was like, well, probably it's not going to go good. <laughs> But I'm with the with my dog. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was just like I seen birthday bash, I seen the signs, I seen Drove. I had a I remember I had bought a pristine, beautiful Bonneville. Still uh-huh. had the skirts on it. Drove still talked about it. He said, right. well, you really nigga in Atlanta. You rolled up in the Bonneville on Hug Castle and then uh and Vogue. Yeah. Cause, cause shit, I, that was the that's shit where to we be. From. Yeah, that's, what it, that's what it was. That's what it was. It was lime green. I mean, light green, mint green, it was beautiful. And I just remember. That is lima bean green. It's lima bean. Yeah. Lincoln green. Exactly. <laughs> I remember you pulling it and I was just like, man, I was like, Dog finna cut dog head off, man. <laughs> and you did it. And- I mean, you know, as much as I can look back and gloat on shit like that. Now, like he was a good me, dude. He's a good dude. I mean, I really, I, you know what the odd thing is? I never had an opportunity to ever get to know him personally. Man, he really is a good dude. And, and it's like boxing. You know, it's like fighters fight. You know, sure. it's like, but I knew in that moment, like, like, like this nigga Tilt is yeah. probably going to be my partner for life because I made the decision. like Not made the decision, but just as much as like. I couldn't, I couldn't get in the way of it because I knew you at that. Cause I know me. Right. Like once I'm, once I'm now, I'm now. Okay, it's just finna go down. Right. We'll figure it out later. It's finna. Yeah. But I, I understood it, and I, so I couldn't say you was wrong. Sure. But it just put me in a position of just understanding that this guy between the music we made, between how friendly we are, between how our homeboys click up, like it's just, it's, it's probably gonna be it a basically, full life thing. basically, this shit is is entrenched. In, in in genuine love and respect. Absolutely. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Now, but and then I, you took I, off. I, yeah. Then you dropped. And, and then our relationship, it took, it, it took, a, it like we, we went on up and, and, and then your, I think your, your, your relationship with Outkast had fact, got itself into a, a rocky spot. Yeah. So it's almost like, we switch our role mm-hmm. reverse in, in, in some ways. 
And we still was partners. Yeah. We still were partners. We never, you know, fell out because I was in a position that you wasn't. Uh-uh. Or, you know, it never it never got weird. We I, always I, remained loyal I, and respectful I, I, to I one another. I tell people, and my wife will attest to this, in matters of envy, constantly check yourself. Right. Because no one is above the feeling of envy. Right. But you have to check yourself. The actions that come with it, exactly. that's your responsibility exactly. to exactly. actually exactly. Ma- to, to monitor. Exactly. You have, to, you have to, at the moment you hear yourself saying, why not me? The moment you catch yourself doing that, mm-hmm. stop and have a talk with yourself. Right. I've seen many people in your subconference, from members of PSC to people that were on labels that you've tried to help. I've seen them succumb to the why not me. Right. And that any point in our friendship, had I felt the why not me, mm-hmm. I would have checked myself. You right. know what I mean? Because that's a poisonous, cancerous thing. And it's something you have to check. It's something when you see your friend on award shows, you see your friend winning, you see your friend dominating the club and theater. So you see your friend, that why not me is going to try to creep in there. The that's devil is going to try to talk to you. Absolutely. But you just got to not accept it. I celebrated you every step of the way because I've seen you suffer. That's real. I've seen you suffer unjustly. I've seen you suffer when the face didn't understand you and try to turn you into who they wanted you to be. I've seen you have the nuts and the gall to put out a mixtape series. I've seen you walk away from a generous bad boy offer to build something on your own. Right. I saw you resist the urge to take money and put it back in the streets and dump it into a construction company. Right. I saw you do so many things that was self-sacrificing, and I had been nudged along the way. Oh, man, how you feel about that nigga calling himself king of the salvage? He a king. Like, what the fuck you talking about? That's my partner. He, he came up with the mm. title. He deemed himself a king. What, you going to go try to take the crowd? Go do it. Just see what happened to the last three niggas did. This shit. Did so for, for me, I had been so tested through the fire that it made me a better human being to cheer for right. my friend while I figured out me. Like, it, it gave me an opportunity to figure out who I was and who I wanted to be. And one of the most special moments in my life was walking in the Trap Museum. Because you didn't tell me what was in there when right. you invited me through. And the first two things you see now, it's been months of raging who invented trap music, yeah. who trap music in this. And, you know, and I respect and got love for all parties that were involved in that subtle argument. Right. But the beginning of trap music is DJ Toon and T.I. We know that. But right. right under that, you said, 2003, Killer Mike Drops Monster, the first attempt at a conscious trap album. Right. And that is exactly what Monster was. That's Monster exactly what was, it was. Monster was a college-educated kid out the Ville who was not supposed to be doing what he was doing, who knew that, who was living and with anxiety, stress, smoking a pack of Newports today, drinking, drugging, thugging, because he did not want to do that. And you got that. That mama, I don't want to sell drugs no more record, that Nisi song record. Yeah. And the fact that my friend recognized that, man, right. it just meant a lot. I hadn't even told you that. But it meant <laughs> the fucking world to me, you know, because I've never sought to even be recognized in that space or that place. But that was such an honest depiction, you know, so... I'm glad that I don't succumb to even accept the voice of why not me. I'm glad that our friendship has shown me that success was possible because if you have successful friends and you stay in that circle, success won't be far away. That's right. It's just going to come your way. We've known Lil Duval was who he was for damn near 20 years. This is true. And, and, you know, he's made music, I know, for at least 10 to 13. He has. So when I saw And he never switched up. Never switched up. No matter the success, no matter how much, uh, how many people have received it, the way he wanted to receive it or how many people didn't receive yep. it the way he wanted to receive it. He never switched up. He yep. always stayed consistent. Absolutely. And That's true it, to what the fuck he 
that's felt the, he so represented. That's that's the secret. I remember, man, when you I and, and people what people don't know, what people do know is I'm one of the only people who can say I'm associated and affiliated with Dungeon Family and Grand Hustle. Because right. when I did get back into the full way of saying, All right, I do want to put out tapes in a bigger way again. You gave me an opportunity by bringing me over to Grand Hustle. And right. I remember saying, you know, my wife had told me before, why don't you just go to Till? And I'm like, man, he got enough on him. Like, he's trying to break artists. I don't want to be another burden. And I'm out here slanging the grind time tapes. Me, cuz like your Peel. Peel went on to go with MMG, Drop Trap, Going Ham. Right. Did a short stint over there. Um, cuz who's currently in Mass Appeal. I remember you saying we did... To Andrew Young, Andrew and Walter Young, YMCA, we spoke to some kids together. Yep. And I was like, man, you know, I, I think I want to put out Pledge 3, but I don't want to just do it with SMC and Empire. I'd like to, you know, have Grand Hustle be a part of it. Right. And you was like, man, we could have been there. I was like, well, man, I ain't want to bother. You said, man, all you had to do was ask. <laughs> you know, and, and, and like a lot of people would have taken that away because that's what you conditioned to do now. But really, in matters of friendship, I remember telling my wife, he said, she's like, yeah, fool, that's your friend. All you had to do was, but, you know, you have something to prove to me, to myself. And at that time, I was still trying to prove the big boy. I could see it, but I will say my time away from big boy in particular taught me to appreciate him more in matters of friendship. Because I didn't understand heavy as the the head that wears the crown. I've seen you and him in particular carry... 20 to 30 people, and I don't mean take care of, I mean give opportunity to have job and to create commerce. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And that's something I always admired about you. And some of my, some of my fans. And diffuse conflict. All the time. Like, that is the thing. All to have a large group of people that you are responsible for, but they will naturally kind of click themselves into two separate groups yeah. <laughs> instead of one group. Yeah. So kind of like, you know, Grand Hustle has always been, let's call it Grand Hustle right, Grand Hustle left. Yeah. It's always been multifaceted in that way and had a duality of sorts because early Grand Hustle, you had Jason, Clay, yeah. Hannah, yeah. Snake, yeah. all right, and then you also had Doug, C-Rod, yeah. uh, uh, KT, Phil, yeah. Matt Boney. Um, and for some reason, I always found myself in the middle. Mediating. Trying to mediate yeah. the issues between Jason, Hannah, Clay, and Snake, and Doug, C-Rod, KT, Phil, and Matt Boney. Now... That shit there, aside from just creating opportunities, aside from just, you know, doing what it takes to, to keep the 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 business going. Yeah. That the psyche of like the 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 anxiety, just yeah. that that shit get on your nerve to a point where it get hard to be creative. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It because you love both you love both groups. Yeah. And I really never understood why the fuck. Y'all can't just get the fuck along. <laughs> it ain't that you don't like each other. So what the fuck is it? You know what I'm saying? And I feel like uh, one group may have felt they may have been too senior in a more executive place to have to work out of eye shoulder to shoulder with people who they should have been mentoring. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know what that was. And then I, and then from the other side, I think that uh, Matt Boney, Doug, C-Rod, Phil and them, they felt like, well, listen, we do just as much work. We on the front line just like everybody else. Yeah. We deserve the same opportunities. And both of them had valid points. Yeah. So eventually, you know, all those things took its way. And, but the, the conflict, it never fails when you deal with us and our people. Yeah, but I will say this in regards to knowing everybody involved, rest in peace to Flunt too, that everybody has since moved on in some sure. capacity, still does business with you in some capacity. And each other. And still do business with each other. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the ultimate lesson I like for people to take. They just want the word me the motherfucking it, Yeah. <laughs> well, you the felt leader. like it would have been yeah, too easy. I, you, you are the leader, man. man you, we can't I tell, make this shit I, too I, easy I, for Hey, man, you and Big, man, I tell y'all all the time, man. Y'all, boy, man, the leader and the boss. Y'all y'all are true leaders, man. Like, you know what I mean? Man, I, I remember you. calling Big just saying, you know, man, I want to let you know, you know, he like a big brother, so he don't even accept apology. I say, you know, when we had our split of sorts, which he don't acknowledge. She's like, I don't know what you're talking about. That was everybody else. All right, we good. I, <laughs> I say, you know, I say I didn't understand how how difficult a task you had. I didn't yeah. understand making payroll. I didn't right. understand, you know, until I got out on the road myself for a tour. Right. You come home, everybody else get paid. And you go home with nothing. Exactly. You owe oh, We owe to You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, we, I remember me and my wife come home. She didn't she did tour. She didn't did the merch. She didn't drove. Yeah. And I owe, but I got it paid. But I got on my, my path. And that's what didn't, you know, for me, man, just my friendships are built around people. I admire people. I respect. And you one of those people. He's one of those people. You know, Mac Boney's one of those people. KT, right. Hannah, Doug, you know, one of those people. And it's like, I, I'm glad that, I'm glad that we have all matured. And mm. I don't mean that we were ever immature. But we well, we were. We, yeah, yeah, we, were. we did a lot of dumb we shit. We absolutely were. Yeah. We did a lot of stupid ass shit. A lot shit. of dumb shit. A lot of unnecessary well, shit. Didn't a lot of small be. towns got some stories. But you know what, though? Yeah. I believe a lot of that shit, it contributed to the legacy we left behind and the people that yeah. we are today. Yeah, absolutely. Nothing happens for no reason at all. Yeah. I mean, it's just so many moments in our, in our friendship. I can remember when the ATF agent had to call me and tell me, you know, I've I seen gangs coming in Atlanta. I, and I was telling them, I was like, I'm starting to see gang graffiti in the suburbs, in, like, Clothonia. I'm starting to see it in, man, right. pl- like, the cab, like, something's wrong. And there was one female ATF, agent, <coughs> and it was a director of something, black woman, it was a white guy that was with her. And she, all she wanted to know about was T.I. I was mm. like, the fuck she talking about? You know what I mean? I what year was this? Now, it was it was it was it was the year you got arrested or, or the, after or, the, or before before because oh. I'm gonna tell you the story because I told you about it and I remember afterwards just telling Alice my mentor and friend God bless you I was like I, I said I'm not gonna I'm not talking back to them I said I'm trying to tell them that it's a wave of violence and crazy shit coming I said she keep asking about my partner I said I just she just made me uncomfortable you know what I mean yeah and I, and I didn't worry about it. When the gun charge happened and they hit you, I remember the white boy who was with her. Mm. He called me and to apologize. He said, Mike, I'm just going to tell you, this was, I know she asked you a bunch of questions, but we didn't know this came in on the tip, such, such, such. And I just remember, man, like, just thinking, you a motherfucking lie. And I don't know <laughs> fucked up shit, just like, like, I'm here trying to let, and now we look at Atlanta, we do indeed have a gang problem. But, but to be honest with you, gangs are inevitable. No, no, we know this. We gangs know this. Gangs are but, inevitable. But, so but, we, you couldn't have stopped that. I, I couldn't have stopped that. 
they couldn't have We could have dealt with it differently. We could have engaged young people. I different. feel like it's in, I feel like it's inevitable simply because we can't be everywhere all the time. Yeah, but I don't think it, I don't think the goal should be to stop games like in my show. I think the the goal should be to tribalize, to socialize, and to steer them in a direction that's more fraternal, like a fraternity. So right. I wasn't talking about ending nothing as much as. I knew gang members already that had been in here. I was like, we should start things now to engage these young men. But I can remember the white boy him in there. And when you got out, I told you the story. And you said it was the funniest shit in the world. It was like two old men. You said, well, damn. I wish you would have told me. <laughs> and, man, I was just like, you know, not ever since then, even if I hear a whisper on the street about anything, I can call and say, man, just, you know, look out, be straight. Because I, I understood at that moment a target was on our back for who we were. Right. And when I say our, this is a rapper that ended up in a, a Hillary Clinton email in the WikiLeaks, you know, mm. years later. So technically, you and I probably... Which one? Who? Who? Me. They, they said Killer Mike didn't get the message. And then I printed it up on a t-shirt and made a bunch of money off You of didn't it. get the message from what? Well, there was a time I said something in a campaign that her campaign didn't appreciate. They used all their press agents against me to try to defile me. Uh, what happened? Tell us about that, because I didn't know about that. Uh, Jane Elliott, who was a woman. Jane Elliott, I know Jane Elliott. She's a she friend of mine. She made a statement that she wouldn't vote for um, Hillary Clinton simply based on the fact she was a woman. And um, the way she said it was just a way only a woman should say. Right. Well, I repeated it at a speech, uh-huh. and it caused a stirring controversy. That really wasn't a big deal. A I black, made a joke about it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I black, made a joke about it and got in some trouble. Yeah, exactly. I, didn't, so, I never really cared. I don't care if you're a man or a woman or nothing. I was just joking. Exactly. So, but but, but they're near you to a cross in front of public absolutely. just because it makes for good, you know, campaign fodder. Sure. Well, in, when Julian Assange let the WikiLeaks go on her, mm-hmm. a WikiLeaks popped up that said, I guess Killer Mike didn't get the message. Mm. They threw everything against me, just like they do people like when they were just trying to essentially <laughs> cut, cut off the head of the snake. I pressed up that shirt. I hit my lawyers, made sure it was legal to press it up. We pressed it up and called it the Killer Mike I Don't Check Messages shirt. And I made what? a shit ton of money. So I definitely want to thank the DNC. Nah. <laughs> and, hey, and the campaign. We've always, made, we've always made a way out of no way to lemons and made lemonade, man. I think that's a, I think that, that, that is largely attributed to where we come from. Yeah, that's what you do. Okay, so look, man, if we can, let's pause the conversation for a second. So I, I would like to share a little story with y'all. So recently, I had my cousin and my assistant. His name Javon. Y'all probably have seen him before. You'll know him if you see him. Anyway, so I had him looking online for a piece of audio equipment that we could use to record the podcast when we traveling. But I couldn't find the right deal anywhere. Now, here's the crazy part. By adding this Honey extension to our web browser, two instant coupon savings popped up automatically. Now, the new offer is 20% off. Yeah, and it's that easy. You see, Honey is a free browser add-on that finds you the best deals online. And the app magically auto-applies the best deal to my cart and the checkout. Honey members have already saved more than $800 million, man. It's completely free and takes just two clicks to install. And Honey has over 100,000-plus five-star reviews on the Google Chrome store. You dig? Hey, so look, there's really no reason not to use Honey. It's free to use, easy to install on your computer in just two clicks. So shop with confidence. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash TI. That's joinhoney.com slash TI. Honey, the smart shopping assistant that saves you time and money when you're shopping online. All right, now let's get back to the discussion. Okay, so 
you and I, we connected yeah. as brothers and business partners to release your record. Yeah, Pledge 3. The third Pledge installment. Yeah. Um, Ready, Set, Go yeah. was a record that No ID produced. He that shit was dope as hell. Yeah, he hit me the other night playing it. He jumped in the lift and was playing it and said, I take this as a sign. So All right, he now. beat some. Shit, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I think that um, that video was also dope. The video was stupid, though. Yeah. We shot in the laundromat over there in uh, the Vines. On the I east remember. side, right? Yeah, yeah, God bless the dead. I think the man died a year or two after this thing. His family still has it, but Damn. it was it was a dope. It looked like what and what it, what it was dope because it looked like the old mob movies when they they in the back of their business. Right, right. Yeah, I, I really, I really. And was. the one we did with Bun over there, like the horror movie yeah. motherfucker. Yeah, Which that was, one was that, that was Big Beast. That was off rap music. Okay, and rap music was produ- was um, came out to William Street Grand Hustle. So yeah. that was when Jason Demarco. I remember when Jason came over for a meeting with you, mm-hmm. and after that meeting, Jason came out and said, "Hey, we're going to relaunch William Street Records, mm. and I'd like for you to do a record over there. Essentially, make your America's Most Wanted." And you say anything you want to, and you were just like, of course, you know, you right. should do it. And we ended up with rap music. That was the first um, album that Ellen and I worked on together. Right. And it was it was called a classic. He produced the whole thing. Sure. And the next thing you know, Run the Jewels happened. And Run the Jewels is a masterful resurgence yeah. for Killer Mike's music. Yeah. And... Run the Jewels is a not only a rap group, but a movement yeah. and a true testament to music being the universal language yeah. that combines us or unifies us rather than being the divisive tactic that can tear us down and separate yeah. us. Man. So you and L are very unlikely partners. <laughs> yeah. If you see the two of you standing next to each other, I don't think that you could find two more contrary people. <laughs> They're going to think I'm insecure. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like, how did that come about? Man, when Jason suggested, well, when me and Jason decided... So this is how cool rap music is. Rap music was titled because I saw Maurice Garland, who's a writer and cultural curator here in Atlanta. He's written about both of us. He, you know, they, he's one of the greatest, you know, culture guys in the city. He put up on his Twitter rebellious African people's music, and mm. I hit him and said, "Don't put that anywhere else. I'm using it." Mm. And I ran with that title because truly that's what the, the the vibe of rap music is. Like we are rebels, you know, yeah. it is a African based drumming system, but it's sure. people's. Sure. So it's not just black people, but people's music, meaning it's of the salt of the earth. You know what I'm saying? And after having the title, Jason and I talked about having producers and it was originally supposed to be like, Maybe three, four producers. But I got in the studio with L first. And I can remember Hannah saying to me, you were shooting a video in Magic City. You mm-hmm. had Paul Wall on the set there. Okay. And I had Chameleon there with me. And I was coming through. And I remember calling you saying, hey, I'm coming through. Um, I want to let you know I got, I got a guest with me. But he with me. This <coughs> was Paul and Cam. I don't know how well they were getting along or not getting along. But um, I popped up on the set and Cam was with me. It was me, Cam, and CeeLo produced um, Kryptonite, him and Nikki Reefer and I, you was like, um, I don't know if my man really rock with him. I say, but, you know, till he with me. You know, and you was like, mm. he with you, he you then. And that was, that was, that was just it. Right. It was like, 
even that, our friendship stayed intact. Like, sure. like if he with you, he's you for the day. So, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? So he ain't got to worry about nothing on this set. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's everything's okay. Right. But L was supposed to do just three songs. Right. L ended up doing Big Beast first. That's the one you and Bun got on. Okay. We did that record. We did two more records that day. And I remember calling Jason saying, hey, dog. This white boy got to do that. And Jason's white, too. I said, man, this white boy got to do the whole album. <laughs> I say, because I, I had truly found the sound. But I said the Magic City thing when I brought Comedian that through because Hannah told me that day. Mm. Hannah said, Mike, you got everything it takes. You rhyme your ass off. You got personality. You dope. She said, it's just the beats. Mm. She said, you just picking bad beats. And Hannah, everybody know Hannah. She's a Korean sister. Man. And Koreans is like the black people. From Decatur, like, though. Yeah, she's from Decatur. Like, they fry great fried chicken. Right. They got hella swag. <laughs> oh, shit. And they, they drink whiskey and talk shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's the, all my Korean friends, not just her. Yeah. But she from the deck. And she just said, you got to get some better beats, dog. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And L was the better beats. He yeah. was my sound. Much like when you and Toon connected sure. with a sound. Much like when you and C Gutter connected with a sound. What made you call, oh, you guys, what made you all call your group Run the Jewels? Old school, cool J line. You know what you mm. said? Put your hands up and keep them up. Run your jewels. And that was just a way of saying you getting robbed. You know right. how you jump on the martyr train. Sure. You seen some shit you like and you run that shit. Run that shit. You know what I'm saying? It's that simple. Now, what Run the Jewels turned into culturally was something much bigger than us. Sure. I, I remember me and L running around. I'm happy just to be doing the three to 500 people rooms because right. I really had got a place where I fell on my ass and then you get into the mixtape market, you you know, thanks to companies like Empire and stuff, you can start right. making a way. Right. My wife still get all my Empire checks from all right my mixtapes. I remember dope. signing them over to her just saying, in case the worst should happen, you're going to always have this. With Elle and I, we were running around doing these rooms, and then we went up to the bigger rooms, the seven, 800 people rooms. And, mm-hmm. and what we started seeing was it would be a group of kids that come to see Killer Mike sure. that knew me from my prime. And right. it was a group of people because L used to own a successful company called Def Jux that was independent. The term independent as fuck comes from that company, right? Mm. So there was a group of people that would come to see L. Now, our groups of people are around our age, some a little younger, some a little older and shit, right? right. And then there would be this other group of people, these kids, and the kid, I knew they was kids because they had X's on their hands. That meant they couldn't drink. So I would open, and L would come out next. Okay. And then we come out as as Run the Jewels. So I come out, Killer Mike fans, ah dope. Ah. L come out with the full band and stuff. He do it. L ah dope. Right. And these kids would just kind of be like, yeah, that was dope. That was nice. All right. <laughs> then we come back out. We dry off our sweat. Throw off. Throw on some. You know, throw on another black t shirt. Go out as Run the Jewels, and the kids would lose their fucking mind. Right. Like ah. And we be like, and it tripped me out because I was like, "Am I a new nigga? Did I transform in the back?" <laughs> and, and that's when I understood we had magic. And I remember coming off that tour, and my manager saying, "So what are we gonna do? We gonna get back to a solo album?" I was like, "Ain't a solo album. I'm in a group. Right. This is what we doing." Right. And three albums later, here we go. You know, that's dope. Okay, now this is just a reminder for everybody to go to expeditiously.com to get all of your expeditiously merch. And if you don't know how to spell it, look it up, motherfucker. It's the information age. Expeditiously.com. You ain't even got to make the TI capital in the middle, man. But go and get your merch right now, man, because it is available. And I can tell you, you know, with a clear conscience and a pure heart, you buy it, you wear it, you look better. All right, man, you know what I'm saying? That's enough cap for the day, and I'll see y'all later. Expedition. 
What makes a business a business? It's not the circumstances of a world that woke up on the wrong side of the bed that year, that decade. It's the everyday entrepreneur ready to put themselves out there. We're all sailing against the wind right now, but we will make it to shore. It's been done before, and we will do it again. To help you get started, we're offering websites, marketing tools, and guidance all for free. Learn more at GoDaddy.com. What makes a business a business? It's not the circumstances of a world that woke up on the wrong side of the bed that year, that decade. It's the everyday entrepreneur ready to put themselves out there. We're all sailing against the wind right now, but we will make it to shore. It's been done before, and we will do it again. To help you get started, we're offering websites, marketing tools, and guidance all for free. Learn more at GoDaddy.com. Hey, where you think you're going? The show ain't over yet, man. Expeditiously continue. Now, we mentioned, you know, the journey. Yeah. And on this journey, one thing, as you've spoken and I've spoken, one thing we haven't mentioned is politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that wasn't in the picture at the time. Nah, not at the time. I mean, it was in me. It was something I knew about. And I mean, you about. knew about, but it wasn't like yeah, the world ain't main. Was, it wasn't nah. on the main stage. Nah, I wasn't as active or effectively present. Yeah, or uh, you wasn't as uh, outspoken and I visibly to present. Way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So there came a time in both of our lives separately. Yep. As even though we were friends, <laughs> I had my own metamorphosis, my yeah. own time of epiphany my own uh uh defining uh 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 circumstances that led me into the path or led me down the path of 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 politics or social justice as did you yeah but we did it almost simultaneously like we Discussed it, rehearsed it, yeah. <laughs> and you know, almost, almost like you know, you wearing your George tomorrow. I'm gonna wear my George, my George tomorrow, tomorrow too. too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it didn't happen like that. But if you're on the outside looking in, one could almost assume such a thing. Yeah. Tell me about your metamorphosis when you became more willing to share yeah. the kind of knowledge that you gained. Well, I in always politics. cared. I always was willing to share. I don't know if people cared, right, to hear it from me. But there was something about a man named Andrew Young and his belief in me and his late wife, Jean Charles Young, belief, mm-hmm. and his mentorship of both me and you, where I felt like at some point in our adult life and in our careers, people like him, who we share as a friend and mentor, people like Reverend James Orange, who would never call me Killer Mike, he would only call me Leader, and People like that almost put a requirement on us, it felt like. (coughs) It it felt as though we were given a a challenge or a charge of sorts of like, we see what the world thinks you are. They think y'all two little dudes that rap, y'all get crowds excited, people like y'all for different reasons. But what we know you guys are is a product of the Atlanta way. And I felt as though an investment was being made in us. When I came to that Walter Young, Andrew Young YMCA, and I saw you speak to those kids, Right, and I was a part of that, and Dr. Joycelyn Wilson was a part of organizing that, and I'd like to thank her. She's a hip-hop studies teacher over at Georgia Tech. Um, when she, when she kind of made a way for us just to be in the same room and for us to kind of see that blossom in one another, 
I think that that was an even, an even stronger glue that bonded us together. We had done things like go to Magic City together, and right? Hang out and made dope music plenty together. Of shit. Yo, yeah, you plenty know, of time willing, before. Willing to fight our way out the club together. You right. know, we'd done that, but I think that that was the thing because the neighborhood we from, you had all black people. Everybody from the numbers man to the drug dealers, everybody from Herman Russell to Billy and Cynthia McKinney, everybody sure. lived there together, and that was I felt like the the final. Not in a shoestring that said, you know, this is my brother. This is my this is my Hosea to Andy. This right. is you know this is my um, Abernathy to Martin. This is he's we are on the exact same path. So there's no way I'm not gonna be equally yoked with him. There's no way I'm gonna let him ever. And I'm not even as, as a bigger act as I am. You know, at this point, it's just that. I saw you make those steps, and I made a conscious decision to be there with you every step of the way. You know, right my thing is, if he's brave enough to get out of circumstance by way of being locked in federal prison twice, and his and he sees his job and his duty as one to help society and help people like him not make the same mistakes and to turn a different way, not because of some court order shit. Right. Like you can see, it was pure in your heart and your <laughs> spirit. It was just no way I was going to let you take that journey by yourself. It's just no way. Right and on. I literally remember telling you as far back as 08 to now, like. I'm with you, you know, like yeah. right or wrong. We'll talk about that after it's over. Yeah. But but I'm with you. And as many times we get on the phone, we'll be like, So what you think about this? Well, my opinion, you might yeah. say, Well, I don't think, well, you know, I'm with you either way, but you right. know, this is just my opinion. Like a lot of times I call you for your opinion on things if yeah. I'm not as uh uh informed as I feel like I need to be before I begin to speak on certain subjects and before I speak to certain people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh uh because a wise man seeks wise counsel. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? And the same here, still sharp and still. Like, absolutely. When we, when we talk business, when we're in business meetings together, I often defer to your wisdom. You've been at this table before. Sure. You know, and, that, and that's something people got to get used to, too. Like, absolutely. Different people are good at different things. Yeah. And you have to lean on the strengths of your friends mm-hmm. in those times. And you have to trust that. It doesn't care if you're younger than me. Right. I don't care if you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's wiser in this particular thing. So we're going to follow his wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I mean. And we, and, and and we have a, such a great relationship because we don't mind yeah. deferring nope. to the other. Don't mind when we need to. Absolutely for for advice, insight, Absolutely. or assistance. Absolutely, you know what I mean. And I think that is you know an example that should be replicated. Absolutely, you know, it has to be. I think the, the only next generation advice I've ever given you, you don't take is put on your seatbelt. Cause you drive fast. <laughs> hey, man. That's why sometimes you're like, man, you don't hear that thing. It's still beeping. Still. Like, <laughs> oh, dog, I ain't even hear that shit, dog. Like, hey. <laughs> hey, look, let me pause from the discussion for a second because I have a question. Uh, have you ever had a custom tailored suit? Now, I'm not talking about suits that you go and buy off the rack and get them hemmed and, and, and fit it to you after you buy it. No, I'm talking about a suit that was tailor made to fit. Your body. Have you ever had that? Well, I have. And, uh, you know, for those of you who can't afford, you know what I'm saying, the custom quality of Heidi Aki, the suits that I wear and make for myself, I have the next best thing for you guys, okay? It's called Indochino. You understand that? Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more. And everything is made to your exact measurement for a great fit. The best part is they're affordable. Almost all of their custom clothing under $400, okay? Now, the price 
process is simple. You can get measured and design your suit at your nearest Indochino showroom or do it all yourself online at Indochino.com. Now start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering TIP at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com, promo code TIP for $30 off the total purchase of $399 or more. An incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing, I will say so myself. Coming from someone who spends about $350,000 a year on suits and shoes and accessories, this is a pretty damn good deal. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit. Women tell me all the time, you know what I'm saying? When I come, they always say, man, you know what? How can I get my man to, to, to uh, look, like, look like you? I say, well, baby, we're going to have to go back to who his mama and daddy is first, you know what I'm saying? But as far as the suit, if that's what you're talking about, then I always invite them to Heidi Aki. And, they, and then they ask me how much I paid for my suit, and I tell them how much I paid for it. And they say, oh, man, I'm not paying that. And then I'm like, well, hell, I mean, sh- shit ain't cheap. Well, now, I guess Indochino has a contingency for you. So, I suggest y'all go highlight them, man. You know what I'm saying? Because if you knew better, you'll do better. So, now, we're just, you know, we're at the point in our journey where we already know we're friends. We're already yeah. committed, yeah. loyal to each other, dedicated yeah. soldiers, uh, rebels with not much of a cause, yeah. and then <laughs> just because rebels just because, and then the Atlanta election comes up. The Atlanta the, election. The Atlanta mayoral election comes yeah. up. Yeah, and it is a it is a let's let's state that Atlanta we know has been um, a city ran by black leadership politically and a lot of white development money. Um, or corporate, you know, if you want to use coded language, corporate right, development right. money, since 73. And it's been successful, right. unlike a lot of other black-led cities. And I felt as though, personally, that there was a conspiratorial campaign to make sure that Atlanta's black mayoral legacy ended with Kasim Reed, who happened to have been a successful mayor. Left Absolutely. Left with a $200 million yeah. um, surplus. Like, Absolutely. No, no thief leaves, a, leaves $200 million in the bank. Don't exactly. Happen. No thief brings things like a, a stadium renovation, the gulch. That doesn't happen. Right. So, you know, regardless of how people feel that they're just People have personal feelings Yeah, about, yeah that, about, that, about that young Kasim. man did a hell of a job as mayor, and yeah. our current mayor seems to be bringing it home, doing right. a hell of a job, whether it's changing the old jail into a resource center for the right. community. Right. Right. Providing a new homeless center that's supposed right. to come, affordable housing units are being built up. Absolutely. Um, so I'm seeing that a city that's under duress because the state always has wanted this city. Right. And you and I, I, I didn't even know if I was going that morning. Mm. And you called me. Right. And says so. One of those times, one of those times, <laughs> I deferred to Mike. I called Mike. It's yeah. some political shit. Yeah. I'm. Totally a fish out of water. I want to help. And I feel like I may, I feel like I can, but don't know if I should just, you know, bother myself with. She, and I had supported another candidate first. I supported the Bernie crap first. You did, Vincent Fort. You did, and and, and I, by this time I had met with Keisha, but I wasn't sure I was going to go to that particular press conference on the steps. Right, and I and I and I was already scheduled to be there, and I yeah. called Mike and I said, um, "So you 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 going? Are you supposed <laughs> to be here? Are you going, bro?" 
And and what did you say? I mean, uh, what did you feel? What did you think? Well, at, at the first, time? I was like, I was still angry. My God, not angry, but you know, you want your guy to do it, man. You right. know, and um, I was like, if you going, I gotta go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It just wasn't even no question. Like when I told Shay, it was just like, yeah, if Tip going, I know you going. Right. Again, like this, is my friend. I'm not gonna let. I'm not gonna let black power and i don't mean black power like overtaking other people but the power of black politicians in this and the marriage of politics and business has been right. good for this city i'm not going to let that be undercut by in your window and bs right? right so i had a reason to be there but the tipping point hadn't been reached but when my friend called me it was just like i gotta go because i'm not going to let you stand up there by yourself right. i'm not going to let you be the only rapper there i'm not going to let you be pointed out and for them to somehow castigate you like right. if they're gonna do it they're gonna do it to us and they're gonna you know i've studied and proven myself worthy you're gonna have a hell of a debate on your hands right on. but you came up there gave a fiery ass speech and then i'm just like now nah, i got to come behind this nigga <laughs> <laughs> and and i and i and i came up and it was like we hit back-to-back home runs sure and, and you know it i don't it's not a myth it's not in your window we got a mayor elected we we, we pushed did. those last 700 and some votes over it we did and, and um and i'm proud of us right that. on and, you so, a lot of people don't know even with Kasim. You know, right. we knocked, I knocked on some doors personally for him. Right. Running around the barbershops. We both went up in the blue flame. Absolutely. Told people to get out and vote. <laughs> you know, so that's the importance of local politics. Right. And that's the importance of having. But we didn't necessarily do that in unison together with Kasim. You did it for Kasim. I did it for Kasim. I did, did it for, for Kasim. Yeah. But we did it together, together for, for Keisha. Keisha. Absolutely. So after that election was won. Yeah. That was a huge sigh of relief. Yeah, that was. You know, because we almost it, it it almost went the other way. It did. It, it did. almost went the other ran way. A, ran, ran a tough campaign. Yeah. It had it had a bunch of black guys on scene no more had in the city. A bunch of black guy, and I'm still Can't critical. Find none of them jokers. I'm no. still critical. I see them today. You see him? Hell yeah, I see him. Well, you I be see him. You must be on the white side of town. Man, nah, not really, man. <laughs> I actually see in the little, uh, what is it? The, the the restaurant on Cascade. Oh, you talking Pearl. about the, the, um, what's the name of that one, Shane? Is it the Pearl? You do know the name it's of that two, It's right next to 25. Baltimore Seafood or something. It's ba- yeah, 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 Baltimore yeah. Seafood, but it's Pearl on two, like the same it's owner of Pearl. It's on 255, yeah, it's Pearl, yeah. and it's Bella down on Buffington, yeah. Yeah, yeah. right on. So I, I, I was there. You be uh, seeing them jokers in there? I was there meeting with Falana, you know, and uh, an impromptu introduction took place. <laughs> and you know, I, I I kept my hands in my pocket. I mean, I didn't really like have a whole lot to say. Yeah. Uh, but what I will say that was said to me, even though I was reluctant to receive the message, yeah. but what I will say that was said to me was there was an admittance of wrongdoing. Absolutely, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Cuz said, "Man, look, I was wrong." Well, I can appreciate that. I was wrong. I was bitter, you know. I I, I I I had been burned. At I, least, I, at least, as so I thought I had been burned. Yeah. By the former administration. Yeah. I felt like I had done so much for them, and so little had been done for me. Yeah. And I had been promised things, and I felt like that was my only way 
to get even. Yeah, and, and we and I said to him, I say, so you gonna risk us to the, for that? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I said. So you mean to tell me you gonna go against all us for that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And he said, "Man, I said I was wrong." (laughs) You know what I mean? But you got at that point. I'm like, "Yeah, but hell, bro." But you got to have. You gave me an explanation, so I'm responding to your explanation. Yeah, okay, you were wrong. Cool, but you telling me your psyche said it was the right thing to do to go against all of them. Yeah. For me, but you got to. But if you would have won, what was you gonna do for us? Yeah, I mean, you know, they. If you would have won and it would have went your way, and you got everything that you said that you didn't get, and we were having that conversation right now, what would you be doing for us? Fill up the potholes. Remember that was the whole campaign on the other side. Come on, fill up the potholes. I rather, I rather, (laughs) I rather buy new rims. You know what I'm saying? I rather buy new rims. My thing is, it's bigger than me. It's bigger than you. Absolutely. This is about. The blood, sweat, and tears, and the 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 back breaking treachery that p- people who came before us had to endure. Absolutely, absolutely. In absolutely. order to make this city what it is today. Absolutely. And you when he's talking saying? about are the race riots of nineteen oh six, sure, he's talking about black people having to buy a neighborhood like the Collier Heights at a thirty percent markup. Right. He's talking about Southwest Atlanta wanting to build up a wall so blacks couldn't move there. Mm. He's talking about blacks having an opportunity to move in places or dominate economically places like Auburn Avenue against our laws. So, you know, when he's talking about that, he he's talking about it and knows of some of the facts that they've had to endure. You know, so right. we we do have a legacy. Like I personally feel I like, would feel like Martin Luther King Ambassador Young, yeah. Abernathy, Jose yeah. Williams, yeah. Uh, 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 Joseph Boone, Joseph Lowry, yeah. like 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 uh, 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 Senator Joe Lewis, like all yeah. of them, they worked, they worked, and they sacrificed themselves yeah. even down to their lives yeah. to to make Atlanta a black city. Yeah, and, and they, I- they, they they did it. They did it to make. All of us equal, absolutely, and have all of us have equal opportunity, and have but, equity, absolutely. But in, I guess, what they did was, even if it was incoherent, they made Atlanta, yeah, a black city, yeah, with black mayors. After after Martin Luther King died, the next mayor election, yeah, was Maynard Jackson, absolutely. You know what I'm saying, and it ain't been a it ain't been nothing but black excellence in the mayoral position ever since. But like I always say, when the black community does better, the greater community does. This is better. true. We have to remember that we're sitting in the swag shop, the shade washing room shop. Um, well, what's the significance of that? Well, the part of this example is not just Fast Steve; it's, it's Alonzo Herndon. Well, what right. did Alonzo Herndon do? He owned barbershop yeah. that only served white businessmen, but they were all black barbers, mm. right? So you got the black community service and the white businessman community. <laughs> what's that significance of that? Well, he learned about stocks and bonds. He learned about insurance policies yeah. at a time where black people couldn't get life insurance, couldn't get policies. He was the person to those then buy those policies, sell those policies to the black community, and create the largest black um, insurance company in the world at one time. It's called the Atlanta Life Insurance Company. Absolutely. So if you don't have the what I call the Atlanta way, 
And the Atlanta way is just a way in which African-Americans ensure that they circulate their dollar, they control their education and the economy and the resources right. in their neighborhoods, and they make a contribution to the greater society being a part of the competitive atmosphere in capitalism. Yeah. Black businesses are better for the greater community. Why? Because if Popeyes and Chick-fil-A are fighting over chicken sandwich and Busy <laughs> Bees makes a better chicken sandwich, that third chicken sandwich will not only come in better, it could come in cheaper too. Right. So at the same time, you get an opportunity to grow a company like Bankhead Seafood. You get to grow a Busy Bees. You get to grow these companies. You're adding jobs. You're adding political availability in terms of politicians have to start to pay attention to communities that are doing well. Right. You add resources to your community. It's simply the Atlanta way. It's yeah. not even black or white because John Wayland, you know, white developer, has done very good off of this black city. This is true. Right? You know, Portman done very good. This off is true. High museum, over 54%, you know, a non-white, you know, customers that are coming into that museum. I sit on the board of that museum. That's one of the highest non-white, you know, ratios. Young people, you know. So this city is a unique city. I tell people all the time it's a real Wakanda. And it can be replicated. But we have to entrust ourselves. The thing that scared me most about the last mayoral election mm. is I felt like black people stopped trusting each other. Black people stopped caring as well, I thought. Yeah, that's that apathy, man. It'll get yeah. in on you, you know. And, you know, that's just not the Atlanta way, man. If, if we're going to have schools named for black educators and emancipators, we deserve a superintendent that's out of that system and that understands the significance and that cares about our children and make sure those resources make it off the north side to the south side. You know, right. if we're going to be politically active and we're going to hold city council, we need to make sure that we're taking care of our city council districts before they gentrify. And if we're going to be people who are making money, and mm. I don't mean people just singing and dancing and people who are slamming balls and running touchdowns. Right. If we're going to be people of means that work for corporations or companies, be entrepreneurs, you're going to have to reinvest in the West Side by buying a home in the Collier Heights. Right. You know, the same way they can knock down a home in downtown Decatur and pull up a million dollar home, you can do that. And you can be in downtown in four miles instead of getting mad because you're driving from Sandy Springs or Alpharetta, wherever you're coming from. You right. know, If you're going to use charter schools, then we got some good black ones. And if you're going to really reinvigorate the public schools, what I'd like to do, Frederick Douglass is a perfect place to do one. I think that all black people of means and money, and I tell all young rappers, actors, athletes that I meet, buy something in Atlanta. I don't care if you put your mama there, your baby mama, your friends. Buy something so that you have a piece of this and so that we can further insulate the city and fortify it. Isaac Hayes III talks a lot about that. Right. Forget trying to find justice, freedom, and equality all these places is not. Find out where it already is. Target those cities. Cre- create a real, econo- a real economic opportunities there mm-hmm. and dig in. Right. So Atlanta should be Tampa, Macon, St. Pete, right. Savannah, right. Charlotte, Jacksonville. We can have a half dozen Atlanta. If we Birmingham. can replicate the the sauce that we've been able to perfect and, yeah. and create and, and perfect here. Well, we perfected the sauce. The this sauce, sauce we, got, yeah, we got yeah. the sauce. We definitely you know what I'm saying? Well, we can replicate this recipe for yeah. this sauce yeah. in those other cities, including Detroit. Yeah, including in Detroit. Baltimore. Absolutely. In Oakland. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Chicago, absolutely. absolutely. If we can replicate that yeah. in these places, yeah. then... We don't have to ask a motherfucker for shit. We don't. And if we do ask, we ask in the spirit of barter, not charity. That's right. You get what I'm saying? I do. 
yeah, I would rather barter with you than ask you for charity. You, yeah. you get what I'm saying? And, and that's what we have to get in the mind. Like people say, we don't want to see the table. You build your own tape. Yeah, okay. I have a nephew who's my intern here. He cleans the floors in the bathroom. Right. He also learns how to cut hair. Right. You don't just come in here and you're just a barber. Right. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have to, you're gonna have to get your, your T-shirt sales. You're going to have to learn and earn from the bottom up. So a seat at the table it's simply what Maynard was telling us years ago was get to the table. How are you going to build a table you've never seen a table? That's real. You get what I'm saying? Just like you mentioned uh, 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 Alonzo Herndon. Yeah. Like, at the time, you know, what he was doing uh, as a barber, a black barber, yeah. who may have owned his own barbershop, had all hired all black barbers, yep. but served whites only. Only white, white men. Only white. Now that was shun- that was frowned upon. Yep. By the rest of the community. Yeah, the hood didn't understand. The jive ass niggas. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Running numbers, smoking reefer. You know them niggas don't understand that yeah. shit. And that that's a now. This is a clear case of. And I say this all the time. It's a clear case of if everybody could see what you. You seeing yeah. when you see it, you yeah. ain't seeing shit. Absolutely, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? The vision is for the visionary. Absolutely, absolutely. A visionary will kill his dream and his vision dead, yeah. trying to explain it yeah. to the person that isn't fit to see it. Absolutely. See what Alonzo Herndon was doing was he was expanding his network. Absolutely. His resources Absolutely. and his relationships Absolutely. beyond Absolutely. the confinements or restrictions of the community, Absolutely. which allowed him to, to get the game, Absolutely. learn the hustle of insurance. Yep. And I won't say the hustle, learn the industry Absolutely. of insurance. Yeah. Uh, and it, it hoisted him yeah. up to... You know, and a very hoisted. successful businessman yeah. and others around him. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Now, had he just been cutting black people hair and had a black barbershop, he wouldn't have gotten the same <laughs> Im- the same response. To- he wouldn't have made the same impact from that. He wouldn't have got the game. So, in other words, if he wouldn't, if he wasn't willing to risk being shunned. Yep. By his constituents yeah. and, 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 and his peers around him. If he wasn't willing to bear the brunt of that, yeah. then the spoils, or should I say, all of the great things he was able to do, they would have never been able to happen. And, and now somebody's going to hear this. And, oh, black people always got to make compromises. And what they don't understand is that Man. the Atlanta way has been about compromise all the way around. Hartsfield, William Hartsfield, mm. who the airport was named of, was the mayor of Atlanta. He gave Delta, I think, a 50-year lease at a dollar a year. Mm. They ran him out of town. Damn. You know, Atlanta, they, you know, people from his side. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, oh, I mean, you're crazy. Why would you do that to Delta? They White people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They didn't understand that that airplane flight was going to explode. So you said he gave Delta a 50-year yeah, like lease. Yeah, a 50-year. It was, it was something ridiculous, like a at, dollar a year. At a dollar a year. Something, yeah, it was a ridiculous price, like mm. a dollar a year or something, right? And Andy told me, it's like, you know, essentially this, this man was – I mean, they call them crazy, but with right. that said, Delta is one of the biggest job providers in the city. Right. This is the big, world's busiest airport. Right. It's been successfully ran by the city, not the state, right. for over 50 years. And that 
that man did not let racial injustice get in his way. Right on. He did not let racism and bigotry get in his way. He understood that putting that airport in this city, what it would mean to this city. And I tell people all the time, Atlanta's one of the only places you land and look out and see all black ground crew unless you're in Jamaica. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That, that, so when you see that, you see men that can take care of their households. You see successful, thriving communities. That's what we have the potential to be more of. Right. And, and if we don't do that and start to understand that with each other, we're just going to keep shouting each other down before we have an opportunity to do it. Like, you know, if you look at today, man, people would have tried to shout down some of our greatest leaders simply because they were willing to cooperate with people who didn't look like us. Right. You know, the same people that get online and criticize some of the stuff that we'll say or do or for people we work with are the same people who go work for white corporations every day on the lowest level of job. You're not going to quit your job. You know, I've yeah. heard people say who they won't associate with and who they will. People got angry with <laughs> a friendly, with a, you know, a woman like Candace Owens, but you know, the same people are going to carry money with rapists and slave owners, mm. and they're not going to get rid of that money in the form of protest. They're not yeah. going to say, I won't carry money. I'm only carry gold and pay in silver, you know. Right. So for, for me, it's, it's always been more about I'm, I want to see what all black contributors have to say. I, I, I'm willing to listen to us all and figure it out. Now, see, this is the thing, because you mentioned Candace, and it's gonna be a, we're going to talk about that a little later. We're just That's giving right. people some backstory. <laughs> want to make sure we, 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 we need to strengthen the foundation before we get up to the penthouse. Yeah, yeah, no all right. problem. So, so now we're talking about uh, historical black infrastructure yeah. in this city of ours Very. that because what you see now is a product, yeah. you know, a result of the groundwork that has been done. And we can get better. The we're, foundation we're, yeah, that yeah. has been laid. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and a lot of people don't understand. They think it started with hip-hop. They think yeah, it started yeah, yeah, with yeah, Outkast. Yeah, they yeah, think yeah. it started. Nah, nah. But it was generations before us that kind of you know, paved the way for us to be able to do what we're doing right now today. Now, with our involvement in the election of Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms, surprisingly so, and I mean, I was shocked as a motherfucker. I don't know about you. We both recently had the honor of serving on the mayor's transition team. Yes, we did. Um... Now, have you ever been involved in policy or politics like that? Because that was my first time. Not, not uh, to that degree. I've always been from the activist or advocate or mobilizer side. Right. So I've always been on the side screaming from the other side of the door, this is what the people deserve. Right. Or in city council meetings saying, I've never been, I've never been invited into the circle. Right. So how was that for you? It was mind-blowing. Me, likewise. Because when I got the call... Miss Miss Vicky Palmer called me. Yeah, uh, I believe she's the chief advisor, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Miss um, Vicky Palmer gave me a call, and I hadn't I maybe met her before, but wasn't very familiar with her. And she calls me and she says, uh, "Hey, uh, hey, how you doing, uh, Ti? This is Miss Palmer. Uh, I I just would like to extend the formal invitation to you to serve on the mayor's transition team." Yeah. And I say, you uh, excuse me, you want uh, what you say? <laughs> well, the boss say, "How come again?" Say what? You come again? Say what? <laughs> and she says, "You and Michael." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't call you, Killer Mike. Yeah, they called me Michael. She said, <laughs> "You and Michael, you both had a hand in turning the tide yeah. and making sure that the mayor 
found her way into her rightful position, Absolutely. and you deserve a seat at the table. It was those, amazing. Those were her exact words. Absolutely. The mayor and I and we all believe yeah. that you both deserve yeah. a seat at the table. Yeah. That's what was said to me. Yeah. And initially, when I heard that, I said, Miss Palmer, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't do that. Because we got her elected. Yeah. But the main thing we got her elected for was to be successful. Yeah. And me, I'm liable to do anything. Anything. <laughs> I'm liable to do anything, be anywhere. And, you know, I don't want any of my mess, you know, or potential mess or, or Leaving uh, the stain on. alleged mess. Yeah, absolutely. Assumed mess. Yeah. You know, uh, you know that's why I speculative tell mess. I tell them my two things. If you hear I get caught with marijuana or strippers involved, it's probably true. Just go ahead and forgive me now because my wife already knew. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I, mean? That's, I mean, but that's not all you're going to get on me. You well, know what I mean? I, you know, <laughs> so, listen. If you can live with that, I'm with you. You know what I mean? And if only that were good enough. Yeah. <laughs> you dig what I'm saying? If only that were good enough. But I told her that and she would not let me decline her offer. Yeah. She said no. No, listen, you guys, you earned yeah. this. And not only that, we need your direction. Yeah. We need your insight. We need you guys to come and tell us and show us yeah. the true need of, you know, the people in your generation and, and, and behind your generation and that need in the community. Yeah. I said, okay. Well, cool, and I called you then. And see, I'm I say, uh, <laughs> say, Mike, you gonna do this shit, man? <laughs> Did they call you? You say, yeah, yeah, they called me. I say, you gonna do it? You say, I think, I think we kind of have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't feel like an awful week. You know refuse. what I'm saying? It shit didn't mean? feel like you know because uh, I tried to say no. Yeah. And because I thought that you know whatever. My reputation was, yeah. or whatever my image may be, that it would taint the mayor. Man, you know, we just been chosen. You know, I had to accept that. I didn't want to accept it. Mm. You know, I tell people all the time, you know, I, the, 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 you trying to make us stereotypically what you think a leader is and right. trying to be, you know, whitewash us and woke. Right. But, you know, like me, man, I'm going to always like the blue flame and smoking gas. You, you know dig what, what I'm saying? That, that's not going to change. So... You know, we are re what reluctant leaders, uh -huh. and and I've I've really began to only trust that type of leadership. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't always want to be in the front, but the universe has a way of saying this is where you're supposed to be. Right? You know what I'm saying? One of my proudest moments I couldn't be there was seeing you lead and be a part of a march that people did right down by State Farm Arena. Yeah. Because I understood the way that your presence galvanized young people right. and assured them. Because young people in Atlanta have opportunity that other young people don't. That's right. African Americans. And they could afford to not care. Mm. And you caring, popping up at a lot of these things, has given people the will and the want to care. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You caring and me caring has given a lot of brothers that's on the corners, you know, a sense of dignity and duty mm. that, that we have the honor of being the energy you know we have the honor of being the conduits for that energy and you know i take our friendship and our relationship and our responsibility as serious 
you know, we talk shit, laugh, and joke the same way Martin and, sure. and, and Ralph did. And that's the same, same thing. That, that's the same thing. Ambassador Young, Young tell uh, he'll tell us to the like back when I was going through my case, I was still pending sentencing. Yeah, I was still like on bond, didn't know how my shit was gonna turn out. Yeah, and I'd sit. We and came get, to court, sat right, there in the back. Yeah, I yes, she did. Yeah. Yes, she did. And I, 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 I would go to and, and, uh, Ambassador Young House and be mentored by him, yeah. listen to him, tell me stories yeah. of 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 him and and Dr. King. Yeah. And and uh, Abernathy and and Joe Lewis and, and Jose and Andy fighting. Yeah, because Jose yeah, he, he yeah. talked cash. and and uh, Dr. King and Jesse fight. Yeah, you know <laughs> what Jesse I'm saying. Was younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jesse wanted to shine. Exactly. exactly. He wanted to spot. He exactly. thought it was supposed to be him. Exactly. He had the why not me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And anyway, we ain't going to stay too long on that out of respect. Absolutely. Uh, He then said to me, you, you and that killer Mike and that ludicrous and y'all is me and Dr. King and Jose Williams. All over again. I say, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, because you don't want to look at yourself. You like, hold on, dog. Like, like, y'all homeboy died. Like, he said, and he told me, he said, you. You remind me most of Dr. King. And I, well, he said, Martin. He yeah. said, you, you remind me most of Martin. And I said, listen, I don't know what you think you know about me. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm no Martin Luther King. <laughs> and, and, and Ambassador said, well, you didn't know Martin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said to me something like, uh, this is the, and I'm, I, I, I can quote him loosely on this. He said that we were just... Some get down brothers that were willing to do the right thing at the right time for the right reason. Absolutely. And y'all are too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and and mind you, we were in politics then as we are now. Nah. So I really couldn't see it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, do you know I'm fighting a fair case? A case? <laughs> How could you say such a thing? Hey, man, imagine Jesus talking to Saul. He said that, and that was before I was 30, right? Yeah. He said, did you know that from the time Jesus was 12 to the time he was 30, you didn't hear anything about him? Yeah, he was out in the world. He said, so right now, you're just going through your Jesus years. Yeah. <laughs> he said, just watch. By the time you get 30, 30 something, you'll have it all worked out. Yeah. It'll all be behind you and everything. And at the time, I couldn't understand yeah. nothing he was saying. It didn't make sense. But now I see. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And it's, it's amazing the amount of faith that man has, has put in you us, know, UI and uh, absolutely. Us having mentors and examples yeah. like that. Is a huge contribution to who the fuck we are Absolutely. right now today. Absolutely. So when people look at me and look at you and hear us speaking yeah. and wonder, why won't they just shut up and rap? Yeah. Why won't they just, you know, why is they even on a panel in yeah. the first place? Exactly. What gives them the authority? Exactly. Why are we even listening to them? Yeah. Man, it's because we were put here and we have been poised and yeah. conditioned by those who came before us Absolutely. to be Absolutely. 
what we are today. Absolutely. We may have not been conditioned as much or as well to behave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you dig what I'm saying? Yeah. But that brings me to, uh, you put a post up earlier. You said yeah. study and prove yourself worthy. Yeah. And you have some books here. Yeah. One of them being uh, the miseducation of the of the Negro by Carter G. Woodson. Yeah. Why should white guys have all the fun by Reginald Lewis? Yeah. Black rednecks and white liberals by Thomas Sowell. Yeah. Uh, the art and science of respect by uh, uh, James Big Prince. Prince. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Garvey's life and lessons, so on and so forth. Right. Paul Robeson and, and also Baldwin. I'm not your Negro. And- absolutely. Uh-huh. This I have not time. read all these books. Yeah, a lot of people have. I have not read all these books. Yeah, but I have, and that's phenomenal. <laughs> that's why. That's why it's very important. That's why it's very important for you <laughs> to be the leader of the movement. No, I I tell you all the time, you the leader. <laughs> <laughs> I call you leader. I tell I'm that. just saying. Um, okay, I will accept that nomination, <laughs> but I I ain't going to do it without you. I'm or Banner for that then matter. You know, yeah, you, me, you and know? Banner. Uh, uh, uh. Or Tamika Mallory. Absolutely. Is there certain people that I feel like are of the standard yeah. And quality that this generation and this culture needs, deserves, yeah. and requires yeah. for us to make it to what we say. But I'm I'm speaking on these books to say in the comments, yeah, someone said what did they say. This is why, unless there's a scandal with strippers, you'll be recognized as a voice leading the future. And what was my response? Well, I'm gonna read your response, but first I'm gonna read my response. What was your I, I didn't even know you responded to them. I said, at whoever they is, <laughs> but why should that disqualify him? Hashtag the message is greater than the messenger. I thank you, my friend. I love you for that. You thank dig you what I'm saying? Opinion. Because I am always shunned, crucified, yeah. and you know, and, and just basically. I'm always punished for being who I am. Yeah, and honest and transparent about it. And I've never told you that I am anything other than who I am. There's only one me I know how to be. Absolutely. absolutely. And I'm going to be that way every time you see me. Since the audacious 20-year-old kid I met. I'm going to be that. Absolutely. Uh, But what you said to him was, uh, you added him, whoever he is. Scandal goes like this. Mike and Shay were caught smoking weed and doing ratchet shit with strippers. Mike and Shay. We was on vacation. The end. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's gonna. I'm telling y'all that that's the scandal. That's how it's gonna go. Hey, listen, man. To be honest, (laughs) the problem I feel that the generation, the culture, the public has right now. Yeah, you are more concerned with the perfect image. Of the messenger yeah. that you completely disregard and miss the message. message. Absolutely. And that's why there's a lack of leadership. Yeah. Because whether you knew it or not, the leaders that we had that you may have thought were perfect weren't perfect. Were not. They were human beings. They were human beings. They were fallible. They sinned. They made mistakes. Yeah. They 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 learned and became who they were from trial and error. Absolutely. 
It's just they were allowed to do so because there was not so much surveillance. Yeah. It wasn't as many people all in their shit. And there wasn't a spirit of of there wasn't a spirit of the lynch mob. We have a lynch and mob. And it were and people weren't as critical exactly. and judgmental exactly. of, of, of them being who they were on their path and their journey on now, the way to who they were to to where it, it is like it is right now. No, nah, it was not then. So for us, I feel like it's unfair for the public the generation, the culture, for the people yeah. to expect for us to be anyone besides who we are. As long as we hold a message in high regard and as long as we speak on behalf of the people genuinely yeah. and sincerely Absolutely. and continue to speak truth to power and, yeah, and we're, and the way we have been. transparent about our faults. Absolutely. You know, that's one thing you and I have always been. That's one thing I've seen this generation going to. We're pretty transparent. I'm going to go, go ahead and give you my faults and you can decide then, but right. you can't remind, you know, you can't, it's like when somebody get mad they got nothing to say, they say you fat. <laughs> like, yeah, I've been fat since the second grade, like you know, what, I mean? like, what does that have to do with the information? You right. know what I'm saying? So it's it's like it just it comes with it, but it's I've, I've learned that Andy was criticized, mm. you know, for things that he did that brought this city greater wealth and income, right. and, you know. And if he can accept that criticism, then who am I as a rapper? Like we got we got a pretty good job. Yeah, I like man. My job. You know, we do what we I, love for a living. Exactly. So me me doing what we do in the political and the social realm, the slings and arrows we take. You know, I can take them pretty well. You know, I, my, my car got air conditioning in the summer. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's I, you know, my house is pretty cool. So right. I don't, I'm not going to go back and forth and try to beat you down and win arguments. You know, what I'm going to do is try to be a job provider in the community. I've seen you do that. We're doing that as partners. And I just think that that's the more important story. I'll wait to see what they say about us when we, when we in our 60s. You Man, know? you know what? I still won't give a fuck. Yeah, I you already know. know. You definitely going to be that I old really man. Really I really don't I'm, give a I'm fuck. I'm going to still be trying to help him understand. Hey, listen. Yeah. I'm going to say what I'm going to say, and I'm going to try to, I'm going to put it out there. If they care to listen, it'll be there for them. But whether or not you get it, yeah. I don't give a yeah, fuck. That's, yeah, that's not up for me. I put up another quote when John Henry Clark says it. You know, he said, I only debate my equals, everyone else mm. I teach. You know what? That's how I feel. I feel like it is my duty. That's why I be so deep in the comment section so yeah. sometimes. Because yeah. I feel it is my duty to impart some level of wisdom and insight. Yeah. Because they're speaking from such a bonehead, yeah. imbecile, yeah. just a nincompoop's perspective. Yeah. So I feel like if I say this to you... <laughs> It'll hold the mirror up and be a reflection. It doesn't. Of what the fuck you should be thinking about and should be talking yep. about, should be concerning yourself you about. And you'll be able to set forth tomorrow in a in a it's, greater it's path. You ever seen one of them animals they never seen themselves, so you put a mirror in front of them, they bark at themselves. <laughs> yeah. That's what that's what's happening. Yeah. Like sometimes I'll pop up in the comments just to talk sure. shit and then fade I'm out. I'm there to teach. Yeah. But, I'm not there to debate. Go yeah, back I, and forth. I, it's I, not gonna. I, you ain't gonna never see me go back and forth with nah, a person. I'm gonna say one thing, and, I'm out. and then I'm done. I, I done got my little Duval phase. I'm really just blocking you now. 
block. And I mean, then, I may do that too sometimes if I choose argue. not to say anything. Yeah, I'll if you, you said something that's so far, that's so far out of hand that I feel like I just want to see you when I see you, then I'm gonna go. Yeah, block see, you. that's what I had to realize too. And, I and have, banish you from my kingdom yeah, like, I because have, my page is my kingdom. I I don't need you. I don't need you disrupting the mindsets of the rest of the subjects in my kingdom. And beyond that, I have the means to find you. <laughs> it don't cost much money to find out your phone number and where you live. So to protect myself, sometimes I just block you because I don't mind. Sense. You know, I don't mind putting. A, I don't mind putting a couple grand out there to make your life terrible. So, yeah, I mean, and you know, you know what ain't... some people don't understand is, you know, all that shit could take. Uh, 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 people like us back to a Where very, we, and that's a exactly very dark place yeah, yeah. that we that, still enjoy. Exactly, that's you what I'm what saying. I mean? it's, 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 you know, I don't want to go back to that place because, like right. you say, yeah, I might enjoy it. Like, like I, I'm very wary of, you know, of 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 who I let disturb me online because you know it don't it it's it, not a disturbance no no sometimes it disturbs me some mm. of the stuff that said I'm just like there was a guy who said something about guns mm-hmm. and I said you know what just pull up to the shop let's talk about it because I don't understand you and when we got up here and talked I said well, oh you actually invited him up here he came yeah yeah we had a conversation okay. just because my thing is simply like <clears throat> you and I are both pro second A you and I are both carriers the way you acted online is just a bit too emotional for me right. and I don't want you know I don't so let's let's go ahead and hash this out we had a discussion got it hashed out two he men with guns sitting down having a discussion yeah absolutely absolutely, oh. absolutely. so you had your gun he had his gun absolutely, absolutely. and y'all both pulled up y'all didn't brandish your weapons no no we just had a conversation you didn't nobody got pistol whipped the beat up, no, shot no, that at. wasn't even my mission. My mission was. Just, I know that. I'm just yeah, saying, no. but but it takes two. When I, it was two men, me and him. Talking. It takes two to be violent and two to be peaceful as well. Absolutely. But there was three more dudes in the parking lot. Gotcha. Yeah. So he was surrounded. He didn't know that. Right. Yeah. But but I'm just saying, I want kids. Yeah, uh, uh, young people said, to see two men who yeah. may have had weapons we did and could have made a different decision Absolutely. to do different Absolutely. things, but Absolutely. you chose to meet up. Absolutely. And have a grown man and sit down and after, hash out and, your differences. And then a couple months later, he two said, strangers, two stripes. A couple months later, he said something out of line. I just blocked him. Just so easy. after that conversation, he still went. Yeah, because I had to realize that he's just emotionally attached to this in a way that. I'm but what not. was his position? He he, he had an issue with another guy in the, in the gun community, based on his relationship with a woman. And one thing I've learned as a based on man, his relationship with a yeah, woman. Yeah, it was it was the other guy and his woman had a relationship. And he had an opinion on their relationship. And my thing is, I don't have an opinion on men and women. I'm a Southerner. You know what I'm saying? I don't have an opinion. That's his man. That's that man and that woman, and that's their business. And I don't need you bringing my name because I don't know either one of them. You know, I'm here in the gun community because I'm pro-Second Amendment for African Americans. I'm not here to be the subject of your I told you so, so why would you why would you deal with this person? That's not your business. I don't know this person's personal life. I don't know what issues they have, and I don't care. I simply care about the political philosophy they have. But since you feel that way, you just stay out of my kingdom. You stay yeah. out of my compound. That makes sense. You know, because it's easier to walk away. You know what I'm saying? But I don't think people understand sometimes when they argue with people like us in particular online, like, we have the means and resources to be the stupid young men that we were 20, 25 years ago. And I just don't, you know, I want to be a married man with kids yeah. and kicking it. And, and grandkids. Yeah, you know, yeah. I want to grow to have grandkids. I want to drive old school cars. I want to be in the flame with gray hair. Sure. You know what I'm saying? I, what I don't want to do 
he has let pride and ego take me somewhere I don't want to go. So I just want to encourage young men out there, you know, to to talk and mediate before you seek violence. You know what I mean? Sure. To to that you can you can both be tough and you can still walk away with your masculine and your manhood, but you can hash it out before you shoot it out. You know right. what I mean? Because I've seen so many of us lose good people. Like we lost Dobie. Yeah. You know, a good man. Like, that kid was great. I remember yeah. him telling me, like, man, he's like a Southern big and Mike. He's so clever. He's dope. Right. And we saw his hometown, you know, his, yeah. the brothers that was in so the many. video. And Lil Snoop for Yeah, that you know, so it, and it's heartbreaking. You know I mean? And I would like to see more young men get an opportunity to grow up to become what we are and, and, and more. Even nip. Yeah, but, even yeah, nip, but, it's, but that's know? not going to happen if we keep right. selling scores the way we're selling them, you know. Now, I get, at, I get asked this all the time. You know, it's only fair that I ask you. Yeah. <clears throat> Would you ever consider running for office? Oh, man, I've always said no. And if I did, I said I'd do something very local, like school board or city council. Well, I mean, I think you make a hell of a mayor or a senator. Yeah. I've, I've Even a president, for that matter. Yeah, I've, I've been, thank you, that's a huge compliment. I really like weed in the blue flame. <laughs> <laughs> but weed is damn illegal yeah. now. Weed is damn federally legal. I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm going to do what, whatever, whatever, whatever I, and I say we call to do, because, you know. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't do it without counseling with you, but... Right now, man, I got a pretty successful career, and I like it. And right. I just, I would rather me and we stay people who help the right people get in That's position. how I feel, and that's exactly yeah. what I say when I'm asked that question. Yeah, I want to help the right I people. I say I, I would fail in a position yeah. where I'm going to get in trouble or I'm going to be scrutinized for doing legitimate business. Yeah. If I can't do business, I don't want the position. Yeah. I'm in the for-profit business. Yeah, I understand. You dig what I'm saying? I do philanthropy because I care, yeah. not because, you know, that's what I, I, yeah. I'm going to do every day. Yeah. I do philanthropy. I, I will help someone every day, but that's not all I'm going to do. I love getting money. I yeah. am a hustler a by nature. Feeling, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So I can't just say, put on hold. Well, I don't, I don't ever want to say... Fuck the money. Give me all the power and authority. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I love the thought of earning money, turning nothing into something, yeah. building things that grow from no profit to plenty profit. Yeah, absolutely. Like that to me That's is a just the shit. Feeling. People have to understand. I, I had billionaire Michael B. Roberts in here a few uh, about a month ago. Uh, hotel hoteler, uh, mobile communications guy, and he said, you know, Michael. People judge you guys like you, and, and talking about you two and other rappers, because you guys are capitalists. He said, but if you guys were in a socialist country, you'd be good socialists, and you'd find a way. If you were born in a communist country, you'd be good communists, but you'd find a way. You happen to be born in a capitalist country, and I'm proud that you guys are taking advantage. Thanks for listening to Expeditiously with me, T.I.P. Don't forget to subscribe at Apple Podcasts and Podcast One and rate and review, please. Expeditiously is produced, engineered, and edited by KC Morris. What makes a business a business? It's not the circumstances of a world that woke up on the wrong side of the bed that year, that decade. It's the everyday entrepreneur ready to put themselves out there. 
We're all sailing against the wind right now, but we will make it to shore. It's been done before, and we will do it again. To help you get started, we're offering websites, marketing tools, and guidance all for free. Learn more at GoDaddy.com. Where do ideas start? In the shower? On the bus? On vacation? And then once you've had a good idea, what do you do with it? Let it sit alone in your head? Or put it online with GoDaddy for the world to see? Get started with a domain and a website from GoDaddy. All the helping tools you need online.